0: block talk radio hello everyone and welcome to the pigskin pundits on this tuesday april 4th 2017 nfl draft edition on block talk radio i am mark ferraro pleased to be joined as always by my good buddy thomas murphy the murph dog himself and the first thing i'll say man is that i knew coming into the program that you would be styling and profiling because you came in second place in an NCAA pool out of 90 teams. That's awesome, man. Congratulations.
1: Hey, you know, thank you, man. Uh, It was very, uh, very exciting. You know, I've been doing brackets, I think, uh, since 1993 and I've been in a pool since then. And I have uh I am usually in the bottom ten all the time. And uh this year was something different. Uh it was kind of a surprise. I you know, I was lucky not to pick UNC and I actually snuck uh Oregon into the final four, which a lot of people didn't have, so that helped me out and you know uh you know, next year I gotta strive for first place, but you know, to finally after all of all of this time to uh place and uh Win a little prize is just uh, really awesome and uh, very exciting.
0: Now, do you know if there was that one particular game that hurt you in the tournament as far as not getting you to that number one seed?
1: Yeah, you know, because uh, I lost by, uh, you know, it's funny. I lost by 10 points, uh, the, fir- the first place guy. I tied for second, but I had the tiebreaker, my uh like the guy I was again guy who tied for second with picked a ridiculously low score for the final so he pretty much had no shot he picked like 50 to 44 which i don't know what uh, or he or she was thinking sorry uh yeah but uh, that was just an insanely low score and i picked a a score within 10 points so that helped me uh get that edge to uh get the top spot in second place but i lost by 10 points uh first place which is just uh which is pretty much one first round game so uh i am gonna say possibly if i had gonzaga going up two rounds further i probably would have won because uh yeah it was just seriously it was one tiny little there were so many games that just uh probably hurt me uh maybe if arizona had won yeah if arizona had won probably uh Uh, that would have helped, but yeah, it's just, uh, a lot of fat. I'm going to have to look back and see one game I could have picked differently, but, uh, all in all, still very excited. And, uh, yeah, already looking forward to 2018's NCAA tournament.
0: Hey, and you know what, man, 180 bucks, not too shabby, my friend.
1: I will definitely take it. You know, that's, uh, (laughs) I'll definitely put it, uh, definitely put it to good use, you know, and, uh, yeah, just uh, it's it's so much more about the money. It's just about the pride thing. Finally, after I'm always in, I am always in the cellar in these tournaments because my it seems like my final four is usually gone by the first week in uh, the tournament. And uh, yeah, this whole time I was just steadily in it. I was kind of like slow and steady. I just realized, you know, I was like, hey, I don't have many points in the first few rounds, but I still had a lot of teams alive. Uh, you know, come. Uh, you know, come up Elite Eight and Final Four weekend, so yeah, it was just uh, kept, definitely maintained my interest. Uh, you know, despite my like Kansas Jayhawks losing in the Elite Eight just a uh, just a week ago.
0: Well, hey, man, that's great. Congratulations once again. But hey, it's great to have you back. But we do want to say before we start a special thanks and a shout out to our good friend Ricky Ferraro last week, Tom for filling in for you. We did a lot of talk about football, fantasy baseball recap, and of course our MLB predictions for the two thousand seventeen season.
1: Oh yeah, no that was a no that was a fun show. I wish I could have been a part of that. Uh but you know I know Ricky uh yeah, Ricky's def Ricky's definitely uh the guy to talk to about baseball and fantasy baseball 'cause he he does very well just like you do.
0: Oh, he does. Absolutely. Every week, it seems like I'm always fighting with him for first place and moves and this and that. And actually, we're playing each other this week in fantasy baseball. We do every year in week number one. But again, thank you, Ricky, for filling in last week for the Murph Dog. Now, before we start time with the NFL draft, we do this every single year. It's a three part series, we break it up, picks one through 10. 11 through 21 and 22 through 32. There was some breaking news that came out this morning. I would say a little after 730, and that involved the Cowboys quarterback, Tony Romo, who is calling it a career with football he has done, and he's going to enter the broadcasting field. Not sure what network he will join, Tom, but obviously he got a lot of offers. He doesn't want to pass it up, but, of course, he has to be worried about his health because that's been an issue for him the last few seasons.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, you know, and I feel he would have made uh eventually a uh you know a roster. Uh yeah, definitely issues. I mean, he's barely seen the football field the past two seasons. Uh but you know, I'm sure he's going to do a great job uh you know, doing doing the analyzing and uh yeah, and uh, and he will actually be a huge draw for a lot of fans because I know uh, Cowboys Nation still loves him. So, yeah, uh wish him the best of luck with everything.
0: Now Romo's news, how will that affect the two teams that were heavily involved? The Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans. Now both teams don't pick in the top ten, so we'll let you know if that changes anything in the later weeks. But Tom, let's get started, man. We have ten picks to get through. We have the time restriction. So let's kick it off with the Cleveland Browns. But before we do that, just so everyone know, the NFL draft takes place this year. Three-day event as always, April 27th to April 29th. This year, though, it's in Philadelphia for the first time since 1961. The Murph Dog, I will let you go first with pick number one. The Cleveland Browns are now on the clock. Will they go with the obvious choice? Or do they surprise some people and maybe select one of these quarterbacks? We're the all picks?
1: Yeah, you know, I just do not uh, see them taking a quarterback, uh, you know, this year. Uh, There's, you know, they're probably they probably know that they're looking at a top five pick again next year, most likely. And I think they are going to go with the obvious choice, which is Miles Garrett, edge rusher from Texas A&M, seems to be the unanimous choice across the board. uh, You know, and they may be looking, you know, they have the 12th overall pick. They may be looking to move down. Or so, but uh, yeah, and I don't think they're going to get many uh, suitors for that number one pick, at least not this year, unless somebody really has their uh, somebody really has their eye on Garrett. But uh, Garrett's been a uh, absolute beast, uh, putting up huge sack numbers the past two years at A&M. And I think he's going to he's he's definitely the jewel of this draft. And uh, yeah, I think Cleveland's going to waste no time to pick him up because as we know, they have many, many holes that they can fill.
0: You know, I was very tempted for the Cleveland Browns to take a quarterback at number one. But let's not forget, they also have the 12th pick in the draft, thanks to the Carson Wentz trade to the Philadelphia Eagles. And overall, the Cleveland Browns have 12 picks in this year's draft. That's because of their organization. Paul DeBottes is involved, and they want to acquire as much. Picks as possible, and one of these top quarterbacks could possibly be there for them at number 12. So, Tom, I do agree with you. I think the Cleveland Browns won't mess around, they'll take the obvious choice, and as you mentioned, that is Miles Garrett. And one thing that's interesting, Tom, I saw a little stat online about Miles Garrett. This guy is a beast anyway, but it was interesting that I saw that he's never played in more than 70% of the defensive snaps. And there's three seasons as Tex- at Texas A&M. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But still, Tom, when this guy is on the field, he is a force.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, the comparisons to um, Von Miller have been abound. Uh, just a, yeah, absolute sack machine. That's very interesting about not playing 70% of the snaps. But, uh, you know, I'm sure he will be playing a lot more of them in Cleveland.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And the Browns, like you said, they need game breakers they need game changers. They need playmakers. And it starts with Miles Garrett. So don't mess around and take them number one overall. And now you can move on to pick number 12 later on in the draft. Now we get Tom to pick number two. The San Francisco 49ers are now on the clock. And I'll go first with this one. You know, they hired Kyle Shanahan to be their new head coach. And John Lynch is now the GM. And I think those two guys are going to want to set the tone in terms of this first pick they have in the NFL draft. They're going to want to select a franchise guy. Now, they could be looking ahead to 2018, that quarterback draft class or all the rumors about Kirk Cousins. He could potentially go there. But as we know, nothing is a guarantee in life, nothing. So with that being said, the first quarterback will come off the board at number two, the San Francisco 49ers, we'll select quarterback Mitchell Trubinsky out of North Carolina to be their starter at some point this season. I know they brought in Brian Hoyer, but we know he is a stopgap guy. That is it. He's not a long-term answer, and I think Kyle Shanahan is going to want to mold one of these quarterbacks with Trubinsky time at pick number two.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, that's definitely a, definitely a possibility. And the quarterback situation, I mean, as in all, uh, all drafts is going to be very, very closely monitored. Uh, I mean, it would be shocking if, uh, you know, one did not go in the top 10 cause it's just, uh, you know, not since 2013 has there not been a quarterback taken, uh, at least in the top 10 picks, uh, but you know, uh it just kinda just seems that uh this year just is not the year for quarterbacks. Uh and I mean especially everybody's looking ahead to that uh two thousand eighteen draft with uh, you know, three possible top five candidates as of now. Uh Sam Darnold out of USC, Josh Allen out of Wyoming, and Josh Rosen out of uh um uh U C L A. Uh but you know, I have to I have to think uh this draft is so heavy uh uh, heavily stacked on defense, uh San, uh, San, Francisco, the past few years, they drafted a lot of, uh, you know, defensive linemen, defensive ends, you know, Eric Armstead uh, a couple of years ago and obviously to Forrest Bruckner, uh, this previous season. Uh, but I think they're going to continue that trend because there's a guy that everybody's super high on and, you know, seems like a can't miss prospect when he declared for the draft, uh, uh, just a few months ago, he automatically soared into the top ten, and now I see him almost like 90% of the time at number two. So I'm going to have to uh, believe them as for now and go with Solomon Thomas, defensive end out of
0: Stanford. Now, Tom, I know a couple times on the program you have mentioned that you have seen some tape on Mitchell Trebinsky, and as far as I'm concerned, I believe you're pretty much not impressed with the quarterback that's coming out this year
1: out of UNC. I would yeah i would i would have to say that you know and highlight reels usually are of course designed to uh you know uh show like the the best clips you know you won't see all the interceptions and everything i just don't i just don't see it with him, and also we have to remember that he was uh, pretty much uh you know uh he's more or less inexperienced to, uh inexperienced in the college game. I mean, he only got in a few times before this past year. And I mean, he had a great year this year. Uh, I still just think he's a little bit too raw, but, uh, you know, uh, a lot of teams may think differently. And, uh, I almost have a feeling San Francisco may be entertaining a lot of offers, uh, at number two, if they become available, you know, maybe one of these teams that really wants to draft these two stud safeties that will be probably mentioned, uh, a few times, uh, this show, but, uh, yeah, I mean, as of now, I think San Francisco will stay put and probably go with uh, who everybody sings I a can't miss in Solomon Thomas.
0: And Tom, Mitchell Trubisky is another another one of these quarterbacks who has to get used to you know getting the ball right right behind the line of scrimmage because almost ninety eight percent of his dropbacks in college time came from the shotgun.
1: Oh yeah, that's uh yeah, that's probably just not going to fly in the NFL. He's going to have to line up under center uh, way more often uh you know, than uh 2% of the time. So, yeah, that's definitely another uh another thing to look uh you know, another thing to look at. But uh, you know, as I mean, as you mentioned with the uh, the possibility of taking a quarterback, you know, as you mentioned, Brian Hoyer is not a long-term answer. Pretty sure San Francisco knows that and Uh, you know, they they may, they may actually just go with the QB, you know, you see it every year, you know, no matter how unimpressed I am with uh, the quarterbacks this year, some team is going to snap them up, is going to snap one up very early. And, uh, and this year, it's almost a question of who will it be? Because, uh, you know, a lot of people think it could be Watson, uh, I mean, I've seen this guy all over the board. I've seen him in the top 10. I've seen him in the middle of the second round. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser seems to s- has slipped a bit. Uh, and then there's another guy from Texas Tech we've mentioned a few times, Pat Mahomes. Uh, I don't know if he's uh, number two material, but I have seen him in some mocks as the number two quarterback taken off the board.
0: All right, Tom, keep it going, my man. With the pick number three, the Chicago Bears are now on the clock.
1: Yeah, and a couple uh, before free agency, I think a lot of people thought this was going to be a uh, be a sure thing quarterback pick, and now uh, probably definitely not the case with uh, them signing Mike Glennon to a long term deal and making him a very rich man. So uh, Chicago, another team I'll be mentioning this a lot in the top ten team with many holes to fill. Uh, you know, they definitely, definitely need some help in the secondary, and I don't think they're going to hesitate to take who they feel is the best uh, safety available this year, and uh, I'm going to say this year it's Jamal Adams out of LSU, and I think he'll be going to Chicago, they'll be very excited to get him, and this will start a massive run on the uh, defensive backs uh, to come in this draft.
0: Again, you're listening to the Pigskin Pundits on Block Talk Radio. I'm Mark Ferraro. He's Thomas Murphy, and we're going through picks one through ten of the 2017 NFL Draft. Right now we're at pick number three. Tom has the Bears selecting Jamal Adams, the safety out of LSU. And, Tom, you know what? With pick number three, the run at quarterbacks continue because the Chicago Bears We'll select Deshaun Watson out of Clemson. Now I know you just mentioned that they gave—that's right—they gave Mike Glennon <laughs> a three-year deal, but let's not forget the Bears could get out of that deal after year one. So if Mike Glennon is a flop, they have a guy in Deshaun Watson, just in cl- just in case if Glennon doesn't work out. And as we know with Deshaun Watson, the national championship. This past year against Alabama, they talk about his leadership. This guy is a winner. And we see one quarterback, at least in my mock draft, Trebinsky going to San Francisco. That will make the Bears a little nervous and say, I get a quarterback here? So that's why the Bears will select Deshaun Watson at pick number three to go to the Bears.
1: Oh, wow, man. That is a uh, – yeah, that is a shocker. I mean, I don't see it happening, but, you know uh, – you know, I, I'm not always right. And, uh, you know, it would make sense with uh, how drafts usually go. And I would have to say, you know, uh, before the Bills re-signed uh, Taylor to, uh, you know, be the quarterback at least for the next year, possibly to uh, if there was any quarterback uh, that the Bills were going to have to take to, uh, you know, to uh you know, keep the franchise going, I probably would have taken Deshaun Watson. I think he is the, uh, I think he should be the first uh, quarterback taken in this draft. I think, you know, I'm not, not a hundred percent sure if he can be a, you know, elite quarterback in the NFL, but I think he can be a winner at least, uh, always been impressed with what he did at Clemson. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think if you are going to take a quarterback, he's the one, uh. I just personally think uh, Chicago has so many holes on defense that they really need to uh, need to address. And uh, but, yeah, I mean, getting a, you know, getting a Deshaun Watson might be extra insurance for Mike Lennon, because I'm sure you know that I am very, very uh, not sold on Mike Lennon.
0: Oh, Tom, I had no idea. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah i think i've only mentioned it three times every show for the past two years but yeah uh, it still it still stays the same
0: all right man we get to pick number four with the jacksonville jaguars and i'll go first with this one they have a new re- regime as well they have a new head coach tom's familiar with this guy doug Moreau, offensive coordinator nathaniel hackett Tom Coughlin is now involved in the organization as the executive vice president of football operations. And this team made some improvements defensively in free agency, Sign- signing Kalev Campbell, A.J. Boye, Barry Church from the Cowboys. Their defense should be much improved in 2017, you would think. So with this pick, now I'm hoping that this guy falls to the sixth, but I don't see it happening because I do not trust their run game, so ever, if I I gave you enough hints already. And that is Leonard (laughs) Fournette, the running back out of LSU. And let's not forget, last year, Ezekiel Elliott went fourth overall to the Dallas Cowboys. It will happen for a second consecutive year at pick number four. The Jacksonville Jaguars will get a beast. For a running back, I love the way this guy plays. He averaged almost seven yards a carry last year. I know he dealt with a little bit of an ankle injury, but this guy has the combo of power and speed, and especially with a guy, Tom, who has a lot of pressure on him. In 2017, that's their quarterback, Blake Bortles. They need a guy like Fournette in the backfield because I don't trust Chris Ivory or T.J. Yeldon.
1: No, I absolutely agree with you. And, uh, you know, mentioning Blake Bortles, this was, uh, you know, there could be a shock in the draft and maybe if, uh, none of the quarterbacks are taken by four, um, I'm actually curious if Jacksonville is, uh, ready to move on from Blake Bortles. I think, uh, maybe last, I think they thought maybe last year was his year to prove something. And he actually completely regressed from his, uh, somewhat solid sophomore campaign. Uh, but no, going to this pick, I 100% agree with you. Uh, Leonard Fournette, he's on the board. He is the pick. Uh, they're probably not going defense. You know, they, you know, they made some, uh, huge signings last season in, uh, 2016 on defense and then this year again they almost won the uh seems like they won the defensive uh, lottery again so defense doesn't seem to be the route they're going to go and you know don't see them taking a receiver with uh the two allens there uh offensive line i don't think there's an offensive lineman uh very um you know very capable of being you know the uh you know the uh, number four overall pick. So I mean, Fournette just seems like a slam dunk here, and uh, could make Jacksonville very interesting. Uh, very interesting uh, next year. Uh, can definitely relieve some uh, pressure off Bortles too.
0: Yeah, Tom, and you know what? You make a great point with Blake Bortles. I mean, this guy has all the weapons you can ask for. He has Allen Robinson. He has Allen Hearns. He has Julius Thomas when he is healthy. To me, he has all the pieces in. And maybe they'll surprise people and they actually will take a quarterback because, Tom, the one thing that stands out to me with Blake Bortles and his three seasons with the Jacksonville Jaguars, he has not completed over 60% of his passes.
1: Oh wow, that is uh, that is absolutely incredible, you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, as you mentioned, he has all the weapons at his disposal, and it just uh, yeah, it's. I mean, he just definitely seems to be, you know, to be the problem. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, we mentioned the running back situation. Ivory, he's always been decent. Yeldon seems like a decent backup, but uh, yeah, uh, they definitely. Uh, I mean, with Fournette here, and if he can't have a successful season, uh, I think Blake Bortles will be long gone uh, by 2018. All right,
0: Tom, pick number five. Let's keep going. Not the, the L.A. Rams because of the Jerry Golf trade. So the Titans, like the Browns, have two picks in the first round. They also have the 18 pick as well. So, Tom, number five.
1: Man, you know, there's so many – the the Titans definitely seem to be the luckiest team in this draft. Uh, You know, they're on the verge of a playoff berth, uh, maybe even a division crown, and they're also blessed this year with the fifth and 18th overall pick. So there's just many ways they could go. They could, you know, maybe wait till the 18th pick to pick up a defensive back, which I know they really want to, or they can, uh, you know, take the uh, first wide receiver off the board, which I know they'd love to. Uh mean, maybe even trade it away, but uh, no, as it stands right now, I think they're going to take the first uh, cornerback off the board here. And that would be Marshawn Lottimore out of Ohio state. Uh, yeah. This guy just seems to have it all uh, seems like a lot to be the first cornerback taken off the board. I don't see anybody else, uh, you know, overtaking him. So I'm going to uh, say, yeah, Tennessee definitely, uh, yeah, definitely goes with uh, defensive back this year. They could go with uh, could go with a safety too, but I think with the top safety off the board, they may try and go for the top cornerback off the board.
0: The Tennessee Titans will go best player available, and they will take the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, Tom, the guy you have going to the 49ers, and that is Solomon Thomas out of Stanford. Talk about what this guy did last year in 2016. Eight sacks on the season, and he performed well in the Sun Bowl game against North Carolina, the Tar Heels, and Mitchell Trubinsky himself. He had seven tackles in that game and one sack. So if you're the Titans, because of the quarterback situation with maybe the Bears and the 49ers, they might get lucky, time, and they might have Solomon Thomas basically fall in their hands uh, at number five.
1: Oh my gosh. You know, they would absolutely love that. I mean, I would have to agree if Solomon Thomas is available at number five, they might have no choice, but to snag him up. Or if one of the top two safeties is available, uh, or they could even go with uh, the second safety off the board. Uh, you know, uh, Yeah, uh, and I'm sure they're a team that would love nothing more than a run on uh, quarterbacks early in the top five picks because that would just push everybody else that they may want down. So, uh, yeah, I would have to agree with you. If Solomon Thomas is still on the board at five, they may have – yeah, they will probably probably be picking about one minute after Jacksonville makes their pick.
0: Now we get to pick number six, and the New York Jets are now on the clock and they have been very familiar with picking a number of sticks in the past. It's been the bad (laughs) with Vernon Golston and it's been the good with Leonard Williams. So this could go in any direction whatsoever. And on my mock draft, some of the guys on the board are pretty interesting. All those secondary guys, whether it's Hooker or Lattimore or Adams, even Jonathan Allen's available. But I don't think the Jets will go defensive line again because how many times are you are going to do it every single year even though he's available? So with this pick, okay, at number six, I don't think in this situation they're going to go with Lattimore because he's been dealing with some hamstring issues at Ohio State. Then you look at Malik Hooker, his teammate at the Ohio State. This is a guy who is still recovering from surgeries that he had in the offseason? Two, mind you, two surgeries in the offseason. So, with that being said, I think they're going to go with the guy that you have going to the Chicago Bears, and that's the safety out of LSU, Jamal Adams, because they just need playmakers on defense. That secondary is not very good, even though they did Claiborne, knock on wood. Hopefully, he stays healthy, but they need a guy, a ball hawk which I think Adams could be. He could also make the tackle, which is huge. So this guy can do both against the pass and against the run. And he's a high-character guy, which the Jets need. And you have seen some comparisons to Leonard Collins of the Giants. So that's some high praise as well. So I think the Jets will select Adams, which means it's not a good look for current safety Calvin Pryor.
1: Oh, yeah, no. And, uh, you know, when you mention high character guys, that's always, uh, definitely a huge, uh, huge thing on my list. I'm a big fan of them. I want as many of them as possible on my teams as always. Uh, you know, in another direction, like you mentioned, uh, I think the jets would absolutely love Leonard Fournette to be available at number six. I just don't see it happening. I mean, it definitely could, you know, uh, especially maybe if Jacksonville, uh, trades down out of that spot, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to have to go. I know you've, Mentioned the uh, injury issues, but I'm going kind of the same route as you, but I'm going with the second safety off the board, and that's uh, Malik Hooker. Uh, you know, teams, you know, they're talking about the surgery, uh, but a lot of teams don't seem to be too concerned with that at the time. And, uh, you know, everybody just sings the highest praises of Malik Hooker. You mentioned Ball Hawk. I think that's like all he was known as in uh, uh at Ohio state and just, uh, absolute force there. I mean, I've seen hooker go as high as two and it's almost like a, you know, uh, like there actually is uh seems to be no clear cut uh, number one safety, uh, right now. So, I mean, hooker could actually be off the board ahead of Adams, but, um, yeah, no, I think, uh, with all of these, uh, With the way my board looks right now, I think the Jets may have to absolutely go with a a safety here and take Malik Hooker. Another, obviously, another interesting uh, aspect we've prospect we've talked uh, in the past few weeks is the tight end out of Alabama, O.J. Howard. Um, Mm. You know, a lot of a lot of teams think he's going to be a top ten pick, and you know, I think uh, you know you've mentioned the Jets. It's been a while since they've had a uh, quality tight end. Uh, but I just think six may be a little too high, especially with especially with all of the uh, issues that they, uh, the Jets have uh, all across the defense.
0: Uh, I knew, Tom. I knew he had to bring up that tight end position and stick it to me again. But, no, listen, you're right. You're absolutely right. That tight end spot, man, it's been awful the last few seasons. I even mentioned to Ricky last week, 26 catches out of the Jets' tight end in the last two seasons which is ridiculous. You Ooh. know what? If they ever – I know, it's that bad. So, you know what? <laughs> if they ever took someone like O.J. Howard at six times, you know what? I actually wouldn't mind it. That's how desperate I am for a tight end like someone like O.J. Howard.
1: Oh, yeah, you know, and, uh, I mean, he's definitely a special tight end. You know, I thought that, uh, you know, watching him in the playoff games this past year, you know, and uh, I think a lot of teams are starting to feel the same way. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely uh, – yeah, he's definitely going to be a, a very high uh, pick and a guy a lot of people are going to be watching on draft day.
0: Pick number seven. The Los Angeles Chargers are now on the clock with their new head coach, Anthony Lynn. So who they, who will they be selecting here at number seven?
1: Wow, you know, uh, this is um. I pretty much I think the Chargers would love one of the two safeties to be available here at number seven. Uh, You know, they uh, definitely uh, were missing that last year uh, without Eric Weddle, their longtime safety who went on uh, the previous year to uh, Baltimore. Uh, But, you know, uh, right now a wide receiver has not been uh, taken off the board yet. It's definitely an uh, area of need for the L.A. Chargers. And I think the first wide receiver off the board is going to be Mike Williams, the big guy out of Clemson.
0: Now, with this pick for the Chargers, I, I mentioned this guy has surgeries two in the offseason, but I don't think he's gonna fall that much. And that's Malik Cooker. I think the Chargers will take him at pick number seven. He was only a one year starter at Ohio State, but he had seven interceptions. That's how good he was with his ball skills. He's that productive. They talk about him being raw and needs to get better against the run and this and that. But with his playmaking ability, he will definitely be a top ten pick despite the surgeries. And think Tom last year they took the defensive rookie of the year, Joey Bosa, and they could add him with Malik Hooker at number seven.
1: Oh, yes. Just making it an entire Ohio state, uh, you know, uh, defense there in Los Angeles. And, and, you know, to be honest, if he is available, I 100% agree with you that Malik Hooker would be the, uh, choice. And I think that's probably what the chargers are hoping is that one of the top, uh, stud safeties will be available at seven. Uh, but then, uh, if that isn't the case, I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to start looking at the uh, top wide receiver uh, coming off the board soon because this is a much better wide receiver draft than last year. So, you know, you will see a run on wide receivers uh, uh, happen at some point in this draft.
0: All right, Tom, keep it going, man. With pick number eight, the Carolina Panthers are now on the clock.
1: All right. And at number eight, this might be, uh, one of my first surprise picks of the, uh, top 10 picks so far. Uh, you know, Carolina's, uh, I have a feeling Carolina thinks that they're, um, probably, uh, going to bounce back in a huge way from last season, you know, going from 15 and one to, uh, having a losing record last season. Uh, so I think they're probably expecting, uh, Cam Newton to come back to form. And so they may, uh, You know, just take a player just, uh, you know, out of convenience, something they need, which would be a running back. And so I think you may see uh, Mr. Dalvin Cook running back out of Florida go off the board a little sooner than uh, you may anticipate. So, uh, yeah, I think he I mean, Dalvin Cook has a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of advantages. He's great out of the backfield catching and he could just be an all around weapon for Carolina and they may like to move uh, drop out of this spot, but uh, you know, I wouldn't see, I would not be surprised if they went, uh, went high with Dallin cook here.
0: Well, with my mock draft, I'm keeping the theme of Ohio state going with this one because Marshawn Lattimore is still on the board in my mock draft. And I think he'll go to the Panthers at number eight. This guy played every single game last year for the Buckeyes four interceptions. This guy is obviously the best cornerback on the board. They're saying that this guy could be a lockdown corner for many years to come. And let's not forget, obviously, last year, the Panthers lost Josh Norman to the Redskins. And they do have James Bradbury, who was their second-round pick last year in 2016. And they did sign Captain Motherland from the Vikings in the offseason. But I think they're going to add more depth to the secondary. They're not going to worry about the hamstring injuries with Lattimore at the Ohio State, and they'll get him here, Tom, at pick number eight.
1: Oh, yeah, you know, that's definitely, a uh, you know, another – board situation that the Panthers would love is to see Marshawn Lattimore fall to them at 8. Uh, they'd love to uh, go cornerback. I mean, and they, even if Lattimore is there, they could still go cornerback. I just don't know if there's another one besides Lattimore who's worthy of a pick that high. Well, then again, a lot of people wouldn't think they would go with a, wide, a running back that high. So, uh, I mean, you know, other cornerbacks to think of are uh, people have mentioned Marlon Humphrey out of Alabama. I've got to be honest, I've from what I've little I've seen of him, not so high on Humphrey, saw him get burned a couple times in the two playoff games, and one guy who 's shooting up the board and I have no idea why because I saw this guy another reason guy i wasn 't too impressed with this remember this name this guy is all over the board from uh You know, I've seen him in the top 10 to all the way dropping down all the way to the third round. And this is a I'm going to I'm going to mess his name up. I'm so sorry. Uh, Chidibi Awuzi out of Colorado, my alma mater. Uh, I. Hmm. He's very high on some people's boards, it seems. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see where he goes, if he's going to be a high first rounder or if he's going to slip all the way down to the third round, like I have seen him. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of other cornerbacks, you know, Desmond King out of Iowa, uh, Quincy Wilson out of Florida, Tease Tabor out of Florida. Um, But yeah, the the number two cornerback slot is very much up for grabs. And I just don't know if Caroline is going to go that route at number eight. (laughs) Pick
0: hour, number so. nine. Right, right. Pick number nine, the Cincinnati Bengals are now on the clock. And, Tom, it's interesting because you mentioned this before we came on the air. It seems like this guy is falling in some mock drafts. Maybe it has to do with the shoulder issues. I'm not sure. But the Bengals will select the nation's top defender, and that is the defensive end out of Alabama, Jonathan Allen. To go with Carlos Dun, Dun, um, Dunlap and Geno Atkins. What a pair there. And what a great situation for a rookie to so go into Cincinnati and to learn from those two guys. And oh, yeah, by the way, he just had 10.5 la- sacks last year for the Crimson Tide. So at number nine, the Bengals select Jonathan Allen.
1: Man, I do uh, I do love that pick. Uh, you know, we were talking about him before. I just sing the highest praises of Jonathan Allen. I do not know why he's slipping on so many boards. I mean, I've seen him going down, you know, into the low 20s, which I just find, uh, like, perplexing because I think he is just uh, an absolute beast. Whoever, at this point in the draft, I mean, I think the team, like uh, – even San Francisco would be lucky to get him a two. Uh, pretty much at this point, any team I, that gets him, I think, is going to have a real steal. He's going to be the steal of this draft if he goes out of the top five. Uh, but, you know, I think Cincinnati is, uh, definitely needs to take care of that middle linebacker situation. And here's a guy who slipped a little bit because of a uh, personal issue at the combine, a little altercation he got at a hospital but uh, there's no denying that this guy is an absolute beast. Uh, Jonathan Allen's teammate uh, on defense at Alabama, mm. Reuben Foster, uh, mm. who a lot of people are saying is just going to be an absolute force in the NFL. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, it's definitely an area of need for Cincinnati. And I think, uh, I think uh, Cincinnati will just not hesitate to snatch him up.
0: All right, man, here we go. Last but not least for this week, at number 10, the Buffalo Bills-Poms team is now on the clock. So, of course, the Merv Dogs, I will let you go first. Which jersey will be you be getting this year with that pick at number 10?
1: <laughs> Man, if it is this pick, I will definitely, definitely be grabbing this guy's jersey. Uh, you know, um, very many uh, Drafts have us taking Mike Williams, uh, the wide receiver, out of Clemson since we've been somewhat of a Clemson factory, you know, uh, in the past uh, couple of years. But, uh, you know, I have him off the board, of course. You know, there's other wide receivers, Corey Davis, John Ross, who I love John Ross. I just think 10 might be a little high for him. Uh, Definitely one of the uh, defensive backs would be a huge, huge addition for us. Uh, I just don't know with those top three off the board right now if I want to reach for a cornerback so I'm going to go with uh the best player available and uh would give us a very very nasty uh line uh, alignment which we haven't had in a while which is a uh, superstar two tight end set and I'm going with them I'm going with Mr. OJ Howard to go to number 10 to my Buffalo Bills and uh yeah, I think uh, it would cause a lot, of, uh, a lot of issues in Bills Mafia. Of course, they'd be a little, uh, little upset we took a tight end that high, but I think this guy is the real deal. I think he's going to be an absolute superstar, you know, along the lines of like an Antonio Gates, Shannon Sharp back in the day, and I would just be thrilled if the Bills were able to get O.J. Howard at this point.
0: Well, Tom, in this mock draft segment, pick 1 through 10, we had one agreement with number four with the Jacksonville Jaguars taking running back out of LSU, Leonard Fournette. Well, you know what? Make it two for two because I am a complete agreement with you, my man. Your oh. Buffalo Bills. I know, I hate to say it, but I believe when all is said and done, they will select O.J. Howard, who will be in the top ten, folks. This guy, as we have talked about, is creeping up and I know in my mock draft, Mike Williams is still on the board. But as you documented, Tom, this guy is a complete playmaker. He is a stud. And all I have to say is good luck to those linebackers trying to cover this guy, Tom.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, my gosh, I'd be so thrilled. I mean, I think it should be a wrap now since we both, uh, since we both picked the Bills. I'm sure Doug Whaley must hear that and is like, man, we just, we just have to go with him if he's still there. But uh, yeah, that would just be great. And uh, I think he's an upgrade over Charles Clay. I think, uh, you know, Charles Clay's a very good, he's a good tight end. I think uh, just not as, uh, he just hasn't been as super productive as we would have liked. But, you know, when he plays, I'm very impressed with him. And, uh, you know, just adding one more weapon to uh, Tyrod Taylor absolutely couldn't hurt. uh, You know, and probably somewhere on day two, probably in round three, we would try and you know, add some more depth to the wide receiver position, uh, but yeah, I would just absolutely be thrilled with OJ Howard at this point. And also, that makes three. That actually makes three we have right. Uh, but of course, Cleveland uh, taking Miles Garrett is almost a no-brainer. So that's. Uh, but yeah, uh, wow, yeah, three. Uh, you know, three, three choices uh, for the both of us. I think that's uh, pretty good, and uh, the way I like the way both of our boards are shaping up now.
0: Yeah, how can I forget about the number one pick with uh, Miles Garrett, obviously going number one to the Cleveland Browns. But, Tom, my man, as always, thank you for joining me on the program. It's great to have you back going through picks one through ten. It was fun, as always, and I can't wait to do picks 11 through 21, my man, okay?
1: Oh, that's going to be so much fun, man, and thanks again. Uh, It's very good to be back.
0: Anytime, my man, we'll definitely keep in touch this week, okay?
1: Oh, absolutely, bro.
0: All right, man. Hey, everyone, enjoy the rest of your week. As always, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mark F. Ferraro. Murphy's at MurphyTB. Thanks for listening to the program. You don't know how much we appreciate it every single week. And as always, don't forget to tune in next time to the Pigskin Pundits with your hosts, Mark Ferraro and Thomas Murphy, only on Block Talk Radio.